Okay, everybody. I have something really cool to tell you about. If you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain here. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. And then you can get started. It's really fun. We just switched over recently here at All Too Real 2, and I'm enjoying it so far. So be sure to check it out and uh, let us know what you think. Okay, everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2 Podcast. <laughs> I, don't know what that, I don't know what that was, Matt. I think I need help. That's right. cool. My name is Michael E. Cullen II, and uh, with me as always is... Matthew, the Winter Soldier, Haas. Does that make me the Falcon? Sure. Okay. So, from now on, you must refer to me as the Falcon. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> nah, I'll stick with Mike. Okay, anyways, um... <laughs> so, um, today on the show, we are covering, in this special bonus episode, the first episode of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Disney Plus television show, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um... The title of this episode is New World Order. Mm. Yes. Which is interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a very interesting title for this episode. Yes, it is. What was your initial reaction to this episode, Matt? Did you like it? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. Me too. I I, uh, I think it was very well done. It had a nice balance of, uh, of dramatic elements with... Uh, with action and uh, a lot of action, actually, but uh, mm-hmm. in a good way, not too much action. Because I personally hate things that are just like wall to wall action. Yeah. So <clears throat> without any, you know, character development or, you know, good drama. Yeah. Mar- Marvel, you know, pro- productions are pretty good at that balancing act, you know, of. Just not having just wall to wall action, you know, like um, 
pretty much all the movies, you know, they usually take about an hour to kind of really get into the, you know, the action part of the story. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. This, uh, so, uh, what, uh, what happened in this episode here, Matt? Oh, boy. Uh, a lot. Um, it pretty much opens with an action scene. Um, uh, well, no, actually it doesn't, but um, pretty pretty quickly into it. Um, uh, Falk, not Falk, sorry. Um, Sam, I called him by his, his hero name. Yeah. Sam is, um, he he's kind of re- replaying the end of Endgame when um, Steve is giving him, you know, the shield and um, Sam told him that it feels, you know, like it belongs to someone else. And, uh, you know, Steve says, you know, well, it, it isn't. And he's kind of replaying that, you know, um, in his mind. And he puts the shield in the bag. See, I'm not sure. Did it open with that? Or did it open with the action scene? I don't remember now. Um, it opened with that, and then I think it cut to the action scene, if I remember correctly. I'm not sure. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so he put the shield in the same bag that, you know, Cap gave him. And then it goes into a... A, a scene because he's kind of working for the Air Force, kind of like as a like independent contractor, I guess, or whatever. He's he's kind of working off the books, kind of like a, I guess, like a mercenary in, in a sense. Um, he's not doing like, you know, like hardcore stuff or whatever. He's 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 trying to collect an asset um, for the military that's um, being kidnapped by the uh, terrorist organization called LAF. I think that's what it was they were called. Yeah. And um That's funny, so man. Had, laugh. Get it? I'm sorry. They get it, laughs, yeah. And they had a great joke too. I mean not really. But um <laughs> typical bad guy jokes, you know, this guy's squirming like a fish. Maybe we should gut him like a fish. <laughs> you know, stupid bullshit like that. Anyway, so um I think he was speaking French, goddamn French asshole. Yeah. Was he weird. he was uh, actually uh that was um Batrock, um, um, Jorge's, uh, Batrock, who is a character who, uh, actually, he appears in The Winter Soldier as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, a he's an Algerian uh, mercenary and pirate. And, uh, he hijacks a S.H.I.E.L.D. ship in that movie. Um, Though uh, oh, wow. Steve Rogers and Natasha Romanoff and a group of Shield agents rescue the hostages in that uh, in that uh, situation, so huh. yeah, just just a little <clears throat> background there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So you know, so they get into like a big fight. You know, um, he he doesn't initially he doesn't rescue the asset because he's up against like five different people, and uh, you know, fire is you know. You know, shot. You know, gun gunfire is being shot all over the place, and accidentally kills the pilot. So the plane starts to kind of go down or whatever. Um, the bad dudes have like these like um, flying squirrel type of suits that help you glide. Not really fly, but they help you glide. You know, and they're kind of like near like all of these like um, mountain kind of area or whatever, like lots of rocks and stuff like that. So. Really cool scene 
where Falcon is pretty much chasing these guys, and uh, and then you know some of the planes are like shooting you know missiles at them and stuff like that. Really cool. Kind of reminded me of Star Wars a little bit, actually. Yeah, um, it, it was very uh, like uh, trench fighting sort of stuff, you know, like in the first Star Wars, and then also like kind of like the the pod racing and all that other stuff too. Yeah, that's what it reminded me a lot of that. And and that went on for a good, I don't know, five minutes or so of, of just straight-up action. Eventually, he, you know, he saves the dude, and then uh, the, the guy that Sam's working with, his name is, um, I forgot his first name, his last name was Torres. Yeah, it's Joaquin. And, uh, yeah, Joaquin, and he's like, yeah, you know, punch in the air. Like, we got him. And, um, then, you know, they kind of, they're, because um, yeah, that's the other thing, they were trying to avoid going into Libyan airspace, because that was going to be a huge problem, so... They event they just pretty much just got right before they got into Libyan airspace, and then and then the, then the next thing is that they're in Tunisia drinking tea. <laughs> By the way, um, Arabic tea is like really really fucking good. Anyway, um, <laughs> it just is. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, Tunisia is like North African slash kind of Arabic. Um, whatever. I'm kind of getting into a weird tangent here, but uh, <laughs> no. yeah. And um, Torres, I'm not sure about Torres beyond. I mean, I know in the comic books he he becomes Falcon, and then Falcon becomes Captain America. So they kind of just yeah, basically they become. They, like, I mean, the thing is, like in the, it, they might be subverting his character too because I don't know if I trust him. That's what I was gonna say. I don't know because he mentions yeah he mentions a, a group called the Flag Smashers and. Um, Flag Smasher was a character in, in the comics who was a he was a son of a diplomat or ambassador who got killed by terrorists, nationalist terrorists, like hardcore conservative people, which we're not familiar with in this country. <clears throat> anyway, um, and then so he responds to that by basically being like full on like anarchist, like no borders, no countries, nationalism is a disease, it's fucked everyone over. And then he becomes a terrorist, essentially, which which is interesting because he becomes a terrorist, and he blames his terrorist actions on nationalists in order to prove how bad nationalism is. You know, so it's like um, it's interesting. It, it's interesting. A lot of the parallels to today's society that are in this episode, too. I mean, with a lot of yeah. the, a, a lot of the plot points that we'll talk more about as we go on here. Yeah, but yeah, but Torres does this line that really concerned me because he's he's describing what the Flag Smashers are to Sam, and he's like, you know, they believe that things were better, you know, during the blip, you know, when half of humanity was gone because people kind of came together more and, you know, they, they had each other's back, and then now things are kind of coming back to normal, because this takes place about six months after everybody returned, you know, so things are starting to kind of go back to how they used to be, which is not always, you know, a good thing. And he said, like, you know, they believe in, like, no borders, no no countries, no nations. And then he says, you know, you can see how that would be appealing to some people. Just the way he said it was kind of, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's like, like his character, I mean, I, I think um, the actor is doing a really good job. Um, his... Uh, it's uh, Danny Ramirez is the actor's name. Um, he's he's doing a he's doing a really good job in the role. Um, he's uh, 
he's just playing it in this way that you really can't read him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I was reading some things where people were commenting that his character was a boring, like, Boy Scout sort of character or something. Mm. But I don't see that. I think there's going to be more to it. And people are just judging it on one episode. I mean, give him time. He could, he, he, he could end up being really cool or really evil or really anything because he's still kind of a blank slate right now, you know? Mm. Based on yeah. this episode, you know? So. I mean, it's kind of like Hayward and WandaVision. We didn't really know what his angle was for a while. Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, I, I, part of me hopes he is a good guy. Part of me hopes he is a bad guy, too, because it would be interesting, you know? So <laughs> it's yeah, hard to yeah, say. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Plus, too, because he was trying to um, mess with um, um, Sam's um, suit or whatever. Yeah. And he, Sam said, you know, you know, I've been working for the Air Force for six months, and every time you guys mess with my, you know, whatever, it kind of screws it, you know, things up. So that's kind of interesting. It's like sabotaging, you know, like yeah, uh, makes you wonder if you can trust the military, right? Yeah, right off the bat, which is interesting. Um, so so after this scene, you know, like, and, and we 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 do have this, uh, you know, where, where they're drinking the tea and stuff, and people recognize um sam as falcon and uh but we 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 then cut to back to uh what was happening after uh the beginning where sam was uh ironing a shirt and putting the shield into a thing and uh did you talk about uh i i i blanked out for a second there did you talk about what uh joaquin was saying about captain america Oh yeah, no about the the moon yeah, base or whatever. Basically, he's saying that people think that he might be on the moon, <laughs> and uh, so uh, it was funny. Uh, he, he's leaving, and Joaquin uh, asks him where where he's going, and he's like, "I just got to take care of moon stuff." <laughs> so you know, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. And so, that's, I like so that. he ends up in Washington, and uh, in Washington D.C., and he's at the uh, Smithsonian giving a speech saying that uh, we need women and men who are, uh, you know, suited for this time to take over as heroes, basically. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and he donates the, he donates Cap's shield to the Smithsonian, which has a, uh, which has a uh, whole little section about Captain America. And, yeah, and, a lot of shit, too. Yeah, and, and while he's there, um uh Rhodey's there aka war machine mm-hmm. um and uh Rhodey's putting you know basically kind of wondering like why are you donating this sort of thing you know to in, into into Sam's head mm-hmm. so cuz cuz and um there is a really cool shot in the in the episode where Sam is off center looking at, uh, you see, you see his reflection and the shield's reflection together in this glass. And you kind of, you know, he's off center, not able to ex- basically not lining up with it to accept the shield, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, it's just like, he's, he's just, he's just dealing with this. Like, you know, he's been gone for five years. Dealing with the fact, I mean, it's like he was—he's talking at one point, and he's just saying that you know, like his nephews who were like babies when he left are now like little men. Yeah. So 
it's like hard to deal with the fact that your nephews are five years older. The world is five years older, you know, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, in a lot of ways, it's like coming out of a coma. You yeah. know, um, it, it's it's scary. Um, I can't think <laughs> of that. You know, like just imagine if that really happened. Like if you know, you wake up tomorrow and you know everybody you know is five years older. Yeah, <clears throat> it's yeah, it's it's really weird. Um, like you don't you don't age, so pretty much you're the same age you were five years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, yeah, it's very very interesting concept. And um, those kids looked way older than five years old to me, though. In my well, no, no, he was just saying they were they were babies, meaning they were oh, young, okay. young, and now they're older, basically. Oh, I got like, you. He wasn't being literal. No, yeah. he wasn't saying that they were like in diapers or something. But you know. yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was like he was just being. I, yeah, I get it. Wait, wait, wait like now <clears> you <throat> know, you know, they're about to go through puberty, sort of thing, you know. So, <laughs> um, right, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so after after he gives the shield to the Smithsonian, he uh, he visits his uh, his sister Sarah and nephews in um, um, Delacroix, uh, Louisiana. Which I do believe is actually the hometown of uh, of uh, the actor who plays Sam. So, oh wow. <laughs> um. So so basically, they're they're there trying to they're he gets there and his sisters basically struggling to uh, keep their uh, they have a fishing business and uh, fishing and like catering business that they're trying to you know keep together. Um, he, he tries to get a uh, tries to get a loan from the bank, and there's this like real asshole banker there, <laughs> who uh, just basically says, you know, you don't, you haven't had any income for the last five years. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck you! I was dead for the last five years. Like, what the hell am I supposed? to <laughs> Yeah, I don't think there was like a. A Thanos retirement plan when you were snapped, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention, he he's like he starts asking questions about how do the uh, how do the Avengers get paid? He's like, did Stark pay you guys? Did this, you know, did the government? Right. It's basically, basically, we've kind of find out that the Avengers don't get paid, which is so fucked up. Stark should have paid them, and he's a freaking billionaire. I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ, dude. Well, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm sure that there was, you know, some. Basically, he kind of implies that there there was, you know, basically we relied on the kindness of strangers, sort of thing, you know. Right. So but, you know, and I mean, yeah. maybe maybe you know, Stark did pay them a little bit here and there, you know. So, but yeah. you think like when they started, Shield would have paid them, but then Shield, you know, was infiltrated by Hydra, so. <clears throat> Right, yeah, because they were working for Shield first, I yeah. think, right? Back in the early yeah. days, like 2012 or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's right. They got infiltrated by Hydra. Um, I was so, I got so scared, though, in this show when they got into Bucky's part of the story. When he says, Hail Hydra. And I was like, oh, God, let's not, let not, please don't let Hydra be, like, the main bad guy again. Or yeah. Whatever. Uh, Me too. But you're not with- <laughs> Nightmare. Okay, good. Uh, yeah. you know. so, so, so basically, what ends up happening is, uh, you know, he, he he gets denied for the loan to help out him, him and his uh, family's business. Mm-hmm. He thought he could get it, you know, and his, his sister and him are fighting over the fact that she wants to sell the boat. That's their mm-hmm. family legacy, basically. 
and it's it, it's interesting here because um, I think there's a lot of metaphors here uh, with the fact that mm-hmm. he uh, he doesn't want to give up this boat, which is his family's legacy, mm-hmm. but he was willing to give up his shield, which is technically his family's legacy as well, right? Because it's a legacy that his his basically his brother, you know, Steve gave him. Right. But he didn't think he was ready for that. And gave it up. <clears throat> so it's just kind of interesting that you kind of just basically the things you struggle with in life <clears throat> and how you deal, you realize that you don't think you're worthy of certain things. And I think they're really, they really delved into that. You know, the, the emotional impact of being a superhero or being, you know, you know, feeling that 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 oh, basically almost like the 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 imposter complex. You know where where you basically you know where somebody's a you know like I've heard it a lot of times when it comes to uh, like acting or other things too like where you know you're you're basically <clears throat> you're you're in you're you know you become a famous actor or something like that and you still feel like you're you're waiting for somebody to find out that you really can't act. <clears throat> You know, yeah. So you got this imposter complex, but he he's basically avoiding having that by not even taking up the mantle of Captain America that he should be doing. Yeah, and then he's focusing on you know like the boat and shit like that as a way to kind of divert his attention, you know, from um, being Captain America essentially, or at least using the shield, you know, taking up the mantle. Um. Yeah, yeah, because like Sarah said, you know, that's what she told him. It's like, you know, you went off and joined the military, you know, you saw the world and stuff like that. You know, I've been here the whole time. So I've, you know, I've, I've actually come to terms with, you know, the reality of things because I've been here the whole time. So I've, I've been, you know, gradually basically coming to terms with the fact that, you know, we might have to sell this boat. You know, I know it's part of our family history. I know there's a lot of memories attached to it, but I've pretty much been staring at this boat, you know, the whole time. And you know what I mean? Whereas for him, it's more of like coming home, whereas, you know, she is home. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he's been gone for five years during the blip, too. And, and and you also think about it, too. The fact is that, sure, Thanos had a bad way of dealing with things, but you did have this five years where there were more resources to go around. Mm-hmm. And uh, possibly if the people didn't come back from the blip, she would have been better off. <clears throat> yeah, right, because nobody knew that, you know, these, everyone could come back. They didn't never, like, prepare yeah. or plan for that. So they just, so they just started living like things were, so therefore resources were allocated in such a way that made sense for half of, you know, basically half of the world, and all of a sudden half of everything comes back again and then now they have to plan for all this this new influx. I mean, kind of like, you know, a hospital who suddenly has 50% more occupancy just out of nowhere, you know what I mean? Like, and they don't have enough medicine, they don't have enough beds, you know what I mean? Because they weren't preparing. Yeah, and it, it's, it, it's really interesting to 
watch this through the through the gaze of the the pandemic that we're living in too, mm-hmm. because you've got this whole, you know, basically that's kind of happening in the in the hospitals, you know, as you've got this influx of people with COVID, mm-hmm. and you don't have enough beds for somebody with, uh, you know, with with a cut on their hand or something. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, you know, or something that's not as detrimental to life as a pandemic is, you know. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Get your vaccines, people. Yep. Yeah. When when you can. I mean. Yeah. I mean some people <clears throat> can't yet. I uh <laughs> yeah, scheduled mine already, so I'm I'm gonna oh, be cool. I'm gonna be getting mine soon, which will be cool. Um anyways, awesome. so uh <clears throat> anyways, do you want to take a break and then talk more about this episode here, Matt? Yeah, sure. Okay. We'll be right back folks. What is Gen X? What is the silent generation? What do generations have in common? Hi, I'm Trish the Dish from the Gen X Voice Podcast, and I invite you to listen to conversations I have with folks from different generations, backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences in an attempt to see what connects rather than divides us. Even though Gen X has been called slackers, Karens, or not mentioned at all in some cases, we are the bridge generation, so I feel compelled to do my part to destroy ageism by bringing all these voices together. And, as a bonus, each guest gets to answer some 80s questions at the end of each show. So download and listen to Gen X Voice today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and let's see how much we have in common after all. And we are, what do you call it? Back? Back? Yes. Yeah. Back. We're back, folks. Back. <laughs> Why am I talking back. like that? Back. Back in back. Oh, no, your favorite band. Back in back. Every album sounds the fucking same. Yeah. If you like ACDC, fight me. Wait, no, don't. You might be my I do actually like their first... First three albums are pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, they are pretty repetitive. Mm-hmm. And after that, it just becomes way repetitive. Like, if, you, okay. if, if, you, if you can musically prove to me how their songs are different, I'd like to hear that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, open, uh, I'm open to this. You know, not you specifically, Matt, but I'm just saying anybody yeah. listening, if you want to send me an email, <laughs> well, like, Mike at CullenPark.com. <laughs> Maybe you'll change my that. mind. Maybe I'll start liking ACDC. Yeah. No, <laughs> even with Let There Be Rock, which is... A really good album of theirs. There's one song that is very similar to another song from like a different album. Like I, I listened to it. And I'm like, oh my god! Like that's almost the same exact. No, mm-hmm. it was almost the same exact riff from. Um, it's a long. Uh, it's long. What's how, how's it go? Um, if you want to rock and roll, it's it's a. Can't think of a word. Um, it's a long. Like, what's the, how's it go? A long road. If you want to, uh, whatever. I, I would. Uh, I would have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm like blanking on the lyrics. Um, anyway, it was like almost the same exact riff, and I'm like, wait a minute, like you guys are just rearranging it a little bit here. Um, anyway, we're back. Yes. Yep. Anyways, b- back to uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, so um, basically. That that was Sam's story that we just went through. 
So mm. now uh, James Bucky Barnes, we get to his story in this episode. Yeah. What what's happening here with uh with Bucky? <clears throat> what hap- what's happening here with Bucky is I just remembered the lyric, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. And um that's what Bucky was listening to, so I no it, it wasn't. But um <laughs> <laughs> just trying to find a way to, to connect it to the <laughs> so, um, our first um intro to Bucky um is um there's like this this little this conference going on and the, this dude is like his friends or his colleagues want him to go out for a drink, you know, and he's like, no, I, I, I got to study for tomorrow's session. So he leaves to go to his hotel room. And then, um, you know, this guy just like bursts through the walls and starts grabbing people and killing them. He's got, you know, a mask on, you know, cause he's COVID, you know, friendly or whatever. And, uh, and he, um, kills this dude. He says, hail Hydra. And he chokes him to death. And then, uh, the dude who is um, going to study for tomorrow's session, he's trying to get into his door, but his hands are shaking because he's so scared. And, and um, he's like, you know, pleading with the dude, like, please, you know, I, I didn't see anything. I'm not going to tell anything. He kills him anyway. And it turns out the whole thing was a nightmare. Um, Bucky was remembering what his life was as the Winter Soldier because the the really fucked up thing about Bucky is that even though he had no control over his actions, he remembers everything that he did. So, um, that's gotta be interesting. Um, <laughs> of a concept. And, yeah. Um, that's, that's just fucked up. I mean, it's like at least allow the person to forget what they did. I mean, like, if you're gonna brainwash them or, or program them, rather, you know, at least let them forget it. But Hydra's a pretty fucked up organization, so <clears throat> they're they, they kind of like the pain that they in, inflict on people, even their own assets. So, uh, yeah. And, um, he's sleeping on the floor, which is interesting. Um, you know, some blankets or pillow or whatever. Um, just kind of goes back, I think, to, um, a few people have said that in the, um, Winter Soldier, uh, there's a, there's an exchange between Cap and, and Sam where, um, Sam's talking about how, you know, when he was in Afghanistan, like in other places, he pretty much got used to sleeping like in really rough areas and stuff. So by the time, you know, he actually got home to sleep on a real bed, um, and Steve interjected and said, it feels like you're sleeping on a marshmallow, you know, like yeah. it just doesn't feel right to be comfortable, you know, like, and so it's like either Bucky's like maybe punishing himself by like could just, really live in rough life or he just doesn't want to sleep in the bed because it's too too comfortable to get up you know kind of like if you're um basically it's like you always feel like you're on the run you want to get up as soon as you can type of thing you know so if you're on the floor you can pretty much just get up and run but if you're in a bed it's a little bit harder i don't know and um and he's got the tv on which is interesting i think they're showing a soccer game i'm not sure if that's relevant to anything but um it's 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 mephisto yeah, everything's Mephisto. No, wait, no. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we we learn that he's he's got to be in therapy as as terms for his pardon. He's got to do a therapy, and um, <clears throat> interesting enough, because we just, I mean, we might air this at a different time, but we, just before we recorded this, we recorded um, a League of Their Own TV show, and um, 
the dude who played the coach and that played the husband of the actress who's the therapist in Freaks and Geeks. So that's interesting. That's um, yeah, that is funny. Yeah, you know. Anyway, so she's she's um, <clears throat> she Bucky hates the fact that she writes shit down when he refuses to talk to her. It just probably because of that notebook and um, I forgot what Civil War I think it was. Yeah. I think he doesn't like when people write shit about him because he's probably got that, like, PTSD. Like, oh, shit, she's going to write down, like, a code that's going to brainwash me or whatever, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> In the back of his mind. I mean, he knows she's not going to do that, but just that kind of triggering, like, oh, shit, you know? Like, that's really passive-aggressive. And it's like, well, you, you don't talk, I write. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you know, she's trying to get him to admit that he's had a nightmare because she's, you know, she's... She pretty much specializes in PTSD, so she knows when someone's hiding, you know, that shit or whatever. And um, you know, he still won't admit it that he's had a nightmare, but um, he he does have like this thing where he's um has to make amends with all the people that he either um hurts or helps, you know, as an agent of Hydra, like a politician it, that he it, put it, in it's, the power. It, it's his my name is Earl list. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> That's literally what it is. Yes. Um, and he, um, you know, there's three rules. Um, nothing, you can't do anything illegal. You can't hurt anyone. Which, you know, he's like, well, if that's a big rule, why shouldn't that be number one? You know, <laughs> don't hurt anyone. But the, and then the third one is, um, I forgot what the third rule was. Um, shit, what was it? Uh <clears throat> Oh, well. I don't um, remember either. Third rule is something to do with you basically tell the person, like, who you are and what you're doing. And basically, like, so um, he's like, you know, I'm no longer the Winter Soldier. Um, this is part of me making amends. So he he basically got this congresswoman or a senator in trouble because she was an agent of Hydra. And he's the one that essentially put her into power. And uh, even after Hydra you know, disbanded or fell or whatever, she pretty much just stayed in power doing her own nefarious things, you know, on her own. And uh, he got her in trouble. And he lied about that, said he didn't do anything illegal. He's like, he did. He programmed the car so he could drive it via remote control. I'm pretty sure that's uh, illegal. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and, um, and you know, she, she tells him, you know, you, you need to, like, nurture your friendships, um, because you know, Sam has been texting him and he's he's been ignoring all of those texts and um <clears throat> you know and uh you know he needs to get out more and needs to you know meet new people and stuff because you know he only has ten phone numbers in his in his phone and she says, you know, I'm the only person that you've called this week that is so sad. <laughs> and <stuff laughs> like, you know. And then, um he meets this dude he well he doesn't meet, he um he goes to lunch with this old uh, Asian dude um, every week, you know, and he's uh, named Yori. Other, yeah, yeah, named Yori, and this guy, his, his neighbor is like throwing his own trash into Yori's trash bin, and he doesn't like that. And he's like, well, what's, what difference does it make? It's all trash, and he's like, you know, he wants to fight the guy, you know, it's like this 20-year-old dude or whatever, uh, named Unique. Um, and then, you know, they, they go to... Um, like a sushi bar and uh you know yori could see that the the woman who's working behind the bar is kind of flirting with with bucky a little bit so then 
he does the whole wingman thing, like, oh, he wants to ask you out on the date and all this stuff, you know. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that's fine or whatever, you know. You know, you can come by at 10 or whatever when I'm done with my shift, you know. So he was like, you know, being the, the sweet old man, wingman, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, candy to these women or whatever, I don't know. And, uh, <laughs> and then, um, he goes on the date or whatever, um, and, uh, she's it's not her fault but um she's bringing up a lot of stuff that's making um bucky feel a lot of guilt because it turns out is that um he's the one that killed that guy's son um the guy in the beginning or yeah the guy guy we see during his nightmare is his son yeah and he knows this. this is the reason why he befriended the guy in the first place to kind of like basically help him out like so he's not just living alone and not having any friends, but he doesn't really want to tell him that, you know, he's the one that killed his son. Because they were having dinner, you know, lunch together at the sushi bar, and his the guy looked over at some of the sushi and was reminded that that was, like, one of his son's favorite dishes or whatever, and just yeah. kind of... And he never really he never really knew how he got killed. Like, it was... He always felt that it was suspicious, and that there wasn't really enough adequate information that was told to him that really made sense, that, like, mm, kind of like they're hiding something and not really telling the full truth and he could never really fully get you know closure you know from it because he didn't really quite know why someone would want to kill him you know all this kind of stuff you know and um so you know she's kind of asked you know she she says like this thing by the way which is interesting the same exact dialogue almost verbatim was in six feet under because um, someone had a video clip and they played them both, you know, back to back or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, you know, when when someone's spouse dies, you know, they're either a widow or a widower. Um, when someone's parents die, they're an orphan. But there's not really a word for you know someone's who kids die, and then he just just gets up and leaves. You know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, that's an old. That's I, I. I mean, I know it was in Six Feet Under, but it's also like an old uh, concept too. That's been around okay. for a long time. I mean, the same, you know, mind you, Six Feet Under is one of the best written television shows in history. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was still, it, it's an old concept that has been around for a long time with the idea that there really is no name yeah. for <clears throat> someone whose kids die before them. Yeah, it's, it's fucking weird. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, but basically, yeah, he, he, so he leaves the date. Which I thought was cool too. I mean, I don't know if there's any uh, significance here, but she had board games behind the thing behind the counter for when she gets bored at the at the uh, at work, and mm-hmm. uh, they play Battleship, which I think is interesting. Yeah. So it could, you know, be symbolic of something, you know, like <clears throat> just the you know it, within the writing with the whole idea of like the battles that. Uh, that Bucky's going through in his mind and things of that nature, you know, and trying, right. to, trying to deal with getting back into society and everything. Right. And also, too, it said electronic set, but it was just the regular. Um, so I wonder if that's interesting, too, because kind of like since he's kind of like Steve, where he comes from a different time, they're yeah. playing like the old school version of it, you know, not yeah. the electronic, you know, whatever. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there is a point, like, um, I think it's funny, too, she asks him about his gloves. 
Oh yeah, and, that's and, right. And he's like, I got poor circulation. You know, it's more like no, <laughs> no circulation, really. I mean, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait, so are both of his arms um, metal, or just one? Just one, I think. But still, oh, okay. it's just funny that you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got. Oh yeah, to which she's like, he's like, you sound like my dad because he said something like um, all about how like. Online dating stuff like yeah. tiger photos. Like I don't even know what I'm looking at sometimes or whatever. Yeah, and then she's, and she's like, "Wait, yeah." And she, she, she's she's like, "How old are you?" And he's like, "106." Yeah, which he is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she just laughs at that. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That uh, that actress was really cool too. I like the. It, I, I hope I, I hope we see more of her in the uh, series because she's. Yeah, she's a good actress. She was she's cute and she's uh, funny and everything. I like that too, you know. So, um, yeah. So 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 what else happens here? We what else we got going on? Um, well, he goes back to Yori Yori's apartment and like, you know, it looks like he's about to tell him, but then he sees that like. He's, you know, the guy's got like a shrine to his son with like incense burning and shit. And yeah, he just says like, "Oh, I forgot to pay you for lunch or whatever." And then like the guy could see that, you know, Yori could see that he's he's looking over at the, because he kind of looks back at the shrine and he's like, "Why is he looking at that?" You know, type of thing. So I, I'm thinking that eventually it's gonna come out. Either he's gonna tell him, or he's or Yori's gonna find out some other way, probably from like a yeah. nefarious organization Hope, to try to hopefully you know. hopefully i really hope <laughs> that bucky tells him i don't yeah. i, I it, it's it's like the whole thing with like that that really bothered me about the early seasons of uh arrowverse shows yeah where where, where it would be like the the boyfriend or girlfriend of the of the superhero or whatever didn't know that the uh that the superhero was a superhero or the best friend or the mom or the dad or whoever, you know, didn't know. And then they found out some other way and it was like, Oh no, why didn't you tell me? You know, you betrayed me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Why why didn't you tell me that you were the arrow or the flash or the, whatever the fuck you are? You know, it's just like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, hopefully it's not something like that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what else I think. I think there was something else going on with Sam. Oh, basically, basically, we had uh, um, we had the whole uh, the whole flag smasher scene. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, because where 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 uh, Torres is is uh, is, is uh, becoming part of some kind of like flash mob sort of thing that was set up like on the internet through the for the flag smashers, mm-hmm. where they were uh, where they were robbing a Swiss bank, and. Uh, while he was there, he ends up uh, filming the thing, but he gets beaten up by this like really, really strong, almost super soldier type guy, <laughs> who is one of the one of the flag smashers, which uh, Joaquin was uh, posing as as well, one of the flag smashers. But then he tried to arrest this yeah. guy, and <laughs> the guy, uh, the guy, like you know, kicks him really hard to the ground. And, uh, so that, that, then he, he basically calls up, uh, calls up Sam and lets him know what's going on. And Sam is like, not sure how to feel about this, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we have a big reveal at the end of the episode. 
<laughs> um, Sarah's watching TV. Tells uh, tells Sam to turn it on, and he there's this news broadcast, and uh, this uh, this uh, government official that um, Sam had talked to at the Smithsonian is anna- is announcing, uh, revealing a new Captain America. At the end, <clears throat> and Sam has this like "what the fuck" look on his face, like you know, basically like he's been betrayed. Right? He's like, "God damn it!" Yeah. Like, you know, I I gave up the shield, and now they. <clears throat> well, plus two because the guy said, "So we're going to get into." I think we're going to get into the the flag smashers are going to be more involved because this new Captain America was being depicted as like a specifically an American hero because he's like yeah and and of course he's he's a, he's a white you know a, as we know by the actor uh, Wyatt Russell who's playing him he's a he's a blonde haired blue eyed you know Aryan white guy you know so right because he's like you know we we've had all these you know heroes you know helping the world and you know we we appreciate that very much but but America needs like it's own hero just for her you know for you know kind of protected herself or whatever and it's like well wait a minute the avengers were already doing that like anyway whatever and um and and, and it's kind it's kind of like the the words that sam said at the smithsonian are coming back to bite him because he said right we need new women and men for the times but that's not really what he meant and it's it's I, I yeah, think a lot of yeah. it, there's a lot of symbolism here to what's going on in our real world, or at least what was mm-hmm. when they were writing the show, where you have this whole make America great again sort of bullshit. Right. Where saying that we need new heroes for this time, but what they're doing is trying to go back to what the world was like in the 40s. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, with, with your <clears throat> with your stereotypical white dude protecting the country sort of bullshit, you know? Right, yeah, like the propaganda, because, like, they even showed posters where, you know, Captain America saying, you know, buy war bonds, you know, invest yeah. in war bonds and shit like that, you know? Which, you know, he didn't really even want to do that crap in the first yeah. place. That would be part of his job or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just interesting. And, uh, yeah, Wyatt Russell, who, by the way, is an awesome actor, and he's the son of Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so. Hey, cool. Yeah. He, I can't remember the name of the episode, but he's in this Black Mirror episode, which is, like, really amazingly good. So, yeah, look cool. that up, people, and watch it. It's a really good episode. I don't want to give away anything from the episode, so <clears throat> just watch it. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Do it. Now, yeah, the other thing, too, when I was talking to you earlier, how... It, it, he literally does not look good in that suit. Like he literally is not suited for the job. Like he just it, mm-hmm. he looks weird in it. Like to me at least. Like yeah, it, even the mask it just doesn't look like it fits him correctly. You know, um, very much like our mega president didn't look good in his suits. Yeah, and his his ties that went down to like his feet and shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> his that tie- guy who was his name? I don't remember. I, yeah. I, I refuse to say his name. But, um, anyways, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. yeah. That guy. Um, he's no longer in office, so I don't have to worry about his, that fucker. I just gotta worry about other fuckers. So, anyways, um, the, uh, <laughs> for the time being until he comes back in 2024. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, um, anyways, um, do you want to take a break here, Matt, and then uh, talk about some trivia and some other things about this episode? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, we'll be right back. It's the ninja from the Asked Angry Ninja Show saying, come listen to the show. We got the ninja wife to give you your movie reviews. We got the conscript to give you the ninja news. And we got the battle to talk about your sports. And as always, it is the Asked the Angry Ninja Show. So ask me a question. We'll give you the ninja knowledge you need for your ninja life. Search for us anywhere you get your podcast from. Just search for the Asked the Angry Ninja Show and enjoy the show. I guess. My name is Mike again, still. This is Matt with me, in case you forgot. Yeah, yep. So, um, you want to hear some trivia about this episode here, Matt? Yes. Okay, this is some trivia according to the Internet Movie Database. Um, or Database, or IMDB.com. Um, <laughs> okay. Sam tells the banker there isn't and never was a stipend for the members of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. In the Avengers number 215 comic book, it established as of 1981 that each Avenger is provided a payment of $1,000 per week. Mm. <clears throat> this is worth uh, 2900 in um, 2021 dollars. Mm. So they were paid pretty well in the comic books. Um, yeah. In uh, in Captain America the Winter Soldier, Sam Wilson had a conversation with Steve Rogers in which he mentioned that his bed was too soft. And after he returned from the war because he'd become used to sleeping on the ground, and as you pointed out in the episode two, Bucky Barnes is shown sleeping on the floor of his room with no mattress, implying that he feels the same way. Good catch mm-hmm. there, Matthew. Um, <laughs> um, Jorge's... Uh, um, Batrock, played by Jorge Saint-Pierre, um, was last seen in Captain America the Winter Soldier, as I pointed out, um, hijacking the uh, <clears throat> Lumerian Star, a shield ship used to launch uh, the InSight satellites. Um, John Walker, that we see at the end of the comics, I mean, at the end of the episode as the uh, new Captain America, is also known as U.S. Agent in the comics. Um... Uh, when Sam is walking around the Captain America Memorial, uh, Victoria Alonso appears on a list of people that vanished in the blip. Victoria is one of the main producers of the MCU. Um, hmm. The uh, first appearance of John Walker as Captain America in the MCU. In the comics, John Walker was first a supervillain known as Super Patriot, <laughs> but eventually takes the mantle of Captain America when Steve Rogers decides to step down. Later on, Rogers returns his cap and Walker assumes um, himself the persona of U.S. agent continuing um, as such to now, to currently. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, Here are a few things that I never really point out normally. Here's some factual errors in the episode. (laughs) Um, <laughs> at the scene set in Switzerland, one car is marked, uh, I'm not going to pr- try to pronounce this, but it's S-I-C-H-E-R-H-E-I-T-S-D-I-E-N-T-S. 
The correct spelling is S-I-C-H-E-R-H-E-I-T-S-D-I-E-N-S-T. <laughs> Don't know why, but I just felt like pointing that out. Um, <laughs> um, level fight is not, flight is not possible with a wing suit. The very best that can be achieved is a glide ratio of about three to one. So if you're 50 feet above the bottom of a ravine, you'll crash after traveling only 150 feet along. There are lots of videos which appear to show level flight, but they're filmed just above a sloping mountainside. Um, And even if level flight, flight was possible, you can't just fly alongside a helicopter and float into it. Due to the enormous uh, downdraft produced by the um, rotor blades. <laughs> so, yeah, that's some little factual errors in the episode. <laughs> but that's okay, because we can suspend disbelief on those things, because this is a world where there's a fucking Hulk. <laughs> yep. Just saying. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the Captain Marvel, who's all-powerful, <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah, a, a witch who can... Who could, you know, completely bend reality to her will and, you know. A lot of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, what, um, let's speculate here a little bit, Matt. Where do you think that this show's going? Like, do you think it's, what do you think's going to be happening? <clears throat> I think that part of the story is going to be Flag Smashers. And versus the new Captain America, who's going to be pretty much a nationalist, and they're going to be provoking each other, probably, and Sam's probably going to be caught in the middle, you know, trying to protect people who are going to basically be, like, collateral damage between the fight between nationalists and pretty much, I guess, internationalists. I don't know what you would call them. Glo- um, globalists. Globalists, yeah. Alex Jones, you know, yeah. uh, the globalist. Well, well, well it, it's become a bad word, but globalist isn't actually a bad word. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, right, it actually yeah, would just be the become, description. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it literally does fit fit your description. Plus, too, the name of the episode is New World Order, Yeah, and that's one of the biggest conspiracy theories that the New World Order is that they're trying to abolish nations and pretty much just have like a one world government plus, so the flag masters are probably going to be seen as like those people or whatever plus this uh this was supposed to be the first uh television series to premiere it was actually supposed to premiere before WandaVision yeah so this would have been like the new world order like the beginning of the new MCU right okay yeah, yeah so it has <clears throat> various meanings in my opinion mm-hmm Plus, they're all wearing costumes like the wrestlers in the New World Order of the WWE. Wait. <laughs> Wait what? Yeah, um, I'm just joking. <laughs> so I, I think Sam is going to either somehow get shield or um, someone speculated too. I, I don't know what what person it was, but um, that um, that maybe it's not even the original shield. That maybe. When Steve went back in time, it could have been a different, whole different timeline. Because, like, when the Ancient One was talking to, um, um, what's his name? Hulk. Whatever his real name is. I can't think of his name. Um, Bruce Banner. Yeah, Bruce Banner. And she talked about how 
you know, she didn't want to give up the time stone because when you take when you take any of the stones out and you try to fuck with time, you actually create a whole different timeline. So maybe Steve living his life in the forties created like its own sort of like alternate timeline, but it didn't affect everyone else's. I don't know. So maybe I mean, the thing is, like he, had, shield he and, had different shields throughout the series as well, though, too. So, um, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, because right, like, yeah. like, you know, Tony update upgraded it several times and, um, you know, or, or fixed it, you know, different times and stuff. And it, right. it could be that he and could, pretty much broken. And yeah. it could be the same shield just, you know, with some alterations on it. Yeah, like repair and shit, yeah. So it's hard to say. Yeah. Hmm. But I, I do I do find this so far a lot of the uh allegories in the show to our modern society very interesting. Which mm-hmm. I love about like comic books and sci-fi where you can basically kind of point shit out. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to totally miss these points and then continue to uh, mm. live oblivious oh. in the world to what the actual issues about racism and uh, <laughs> of and, and uh, just different isms in the world, you know. So yeah, the, the anti SJWs, you know. I, I don't want my comics to be political, man. They've always been political. You fucking idiots. Yeah, like it's like <laughs> the people who are like, I don't watch Supergirl anymore because it's all about girl power. Um. Her okay. name is Supergirl, you fucking dumbass. Okay. <laughs> you know what gets me about that shit? So, again, like, we've talked about this many times on our podcast, but it still gets to me, is that, like, you know, girls and women throughout this whole time have had no problem identifying with male superhero characters. Black people have had no problem identifying with white and or male superheroes. So the idea... That like, oh, there's a woman superhero or is a black. I, I can't identify with them. Well, wait, they've been they've been able to identify with these people despite them not being male or them not being white, and they still identified with their attributes, like who they are. Like that's because that's more important than being female or black or whatever. But it's nice every once in a while to have someone who actually represents you. Oh my God, God forbid. Uh, you know, and, and it's it's not like. The fact that you're okay. The thing is, inclusion does not mean exclusion, right? And that's the problem people have. They think they seem to think in the world that anytime we include something, that we're excluding you, and we're not. Yeah, you know, Zero just ju- ju- just because argument. just because gay people have the right to get married doesn't mean you don't as well. Yeah, uh, it does. Yeah. And it doesn't diminish the sanctity of marriage or it doesn't, you know, just because women were given the right to vote doesn't mean that white Anglo-Saxon males don't have the right to vote as well. You know, right. it's like, what well, fuck? it just means that, you know, it's going to be harder for us to win elections. Uh, yeah, that's what democracy is. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know it, but it'll be interesting to see how they deal with all of these modern issues through the lens of a superhero story. And it'll also be interesting. I really hope that by the end of this, Sam comes to grips with who he is and Mm -hmm. realizes that he should be the new Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. So, which 
I think that's how it's going to end, you know. Yeah. And this is only six episodes as opposed to the nine that we had with uh, WandaVision, so... Oh, it, shit, okay. Yeah, but but <laughs> the episodes so far seem longer. Hopefully they continue to be. Right. Because, like, this, yeah, episode, so. was, this episode was, like, I don't know, like, 47 minutes long or something. So yeah. it's definitely a lot longer than most of the WandaVision episodes. <clears throat> so we'll see, and... Um, Hopefully you guys, uh, you know, do you have anything else to say here, Matt, before we uh, wrap things up here? Uh, no, not really. Just, you know, I hope I hope you get a chance to watch it um, and, you know, see well, what you think about it. Well, if, if, if you haven't watched it and you got this far into this episode, um, <laughs> that's kind of weird. Well, sorry. <laughs> yeah. We spoiled everything, so, yeah. yeah. But, you know, um, anyways... Uh, but you were warned, anyways, you know, in the description of the episode that this is a spoiler-heavy right. episode. So, um, anyways, um, I I just, you know, join us next week when we talk about the other episodes. Listen to our other uh, our, our other um, episodes of our show, if you like our banter. Um, the latest episode that we have is, uh, is our reaction to the Uncle Buck <laughs> 1990 TV series pilot in our series that we started called pilot error. Um, it's a interesting take, interesting take on the uncle buck series. So yeah, hope you enjoy that. You can watch that. Uh, if you want to watch the episode too, it's on YouTube. Um, if you want to watch that before you listen to our episode that we just posted this past Friday. Um, so yeah. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on social media. Check out our, uh, all um are all too real to podcast uh group um you can tell us what you thought of the uh episode as well um and you can also send me if you don't want to go on there if that's you know if you're boycotting facebook or something um send me a message at mike at cullenpark.com and we may read your uh comments on our next episode if they apply to what we're talking about um yeah check out our tea public our Patreon. Help support the show, please. If you mm-hmm. want to continue to receive this excellent content that we provide for you. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast. A Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Hawes. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com.